Hello, hello, hello. Might want to turn it up, Joe. It's my been down. Here you go, hon. Joe, can you put up Luke twenty four thirty? Okay, let us, <clears throat> let's stand together and read the word before we pass out the communions. Let's stand together. Are you okay? Don't make her stand up and she doesn't feel good, honey. Okay, let's read together. Luke 24:30. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And Matthew 26:26 26, 26, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And Mark 14.22. Mark 14.22. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. And Acts 27, <laughs> no, this isn't revenge, Lizzie. <laughs> Acts 27. Oh, no, 20 verse 7, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the whole chapter. <laughs> On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. <laughs> yeah, so today's service will go till midnight. <laughs> Let's read that one more time. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people. Because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking till midnight. And Luke chapter 24, verse 30 and 31. This is the word of God, miraculous word of God. As we read it and it comes into us and we speak it, miracles will happen. Ready? So this is uh, 24, 30, and 31. When he was, let's, let's read together. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened. Read that again. Then their eyes were opened. Read it again with me. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sights. Okay, 
One more verse. Two more verses. Hebrews 8, 31. This is for Lizzie. <laughs> Romans 8, 31. Romans 8, 31. I did? I said Hebrews? No way. <laughs> Romans 8.31, ready? What then shall we say in response to this? Ready? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? Amen. And last one, Hebrews 4.16. Your assignment this week is memorize all these verses. <laughs> Hebrews 4.16. Let us approach, oh, sorry. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Thank you. You could pass out communion now. If God can be for us, who can be against us? Amen? Let's say it together. If God can be for us, who can be against us? Okay, let's lift up the body. Jesus, you gave us the instructions in the word to do this in remembrance of you. And Father, we believe as we partake together that this bread 
is the body. Let's partake together. Jesus, we thank you for your body that was given for us. Thank you, Lord. You gave your body to be broken, beaten, unrecognizable as a human being, nailed to a cross, died, resurrected three days later with resurrection power. By the blood of Jesus, let's lift our cup. Father, we pray this blood that you shed, this little portion, God, that you said to your disciples, this is my blood. So you're saying that to us this morning. This is my blood poured out for you, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. We receive it together to morning, or this morning. Let's partake. And before I sit down, I just want to praise God that by Holy Communion together, all of us taking it together, that he would do what he did for his disciples on the road to Emmaus. Because it says that in the one scripture we read, he opened their eyes to see him. Don't we need that? Do we need that today? Do we need to see Jesus? Do we need to see that fourth man in the fire? I know I do. And as we took that communion together this morning, that bread and that blood, as we took that, believe by faith that he will open your spiritual eyes to see the things of the Spirit. And so I just pray that this morning as we close communion, Father, I pray that for your blessing of sight to see you, to know you in such a way, God, that we can never, ever leave you. We, can, we just keep running to you. We run to the light, Lord. Give us that vision this morning as we have partaken of your body and your blood, Jesus. And we praise you and thank you together. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. Grace, you want to come on down? We're going to take up an offering. We do not want to pass up anybody getting blessed by God. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this day. I thank you for your provisions. I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord God, for, for all you're doing and what you've been doing in our lives and throughout, Lord God the life of this ministry. I thank you, Lord God, that you have um, shown up today, Lord Jesus, and touched our hearts. And I knew, Lord God, and I know that you are working in the midst of us, even when we might not see it. You're always working. And Lord, you work for our good. And I thank you and I praise you for that. And I thank you and I praise you that you are working in our finances. That you have blessing upon blessing for your people. And we're just trusting and believing in you, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right. Joe, we are going to read out of the prophet Zechariah today. I have absolutely nothing down here for a message. Well, I'm trusting God for everything. Amen? Amen. Today. <clears throat> My wife and I, this week, went and watched the 
Jesus Revolution. And I tell you what, it was. if you haven't seen it, I suggest you go and get some tickets and go and watch it. It was pretty amazing and it was pretty powerful. Pretty amazing how God moved upon our nation in the early in the late 60s and the early 70s how God was calling those people that were outcast to the world the hippies you know who weren't really welcome in a church but how he used them mightily to move across the whole world the Jesus revolution Still today, we are still seeing ripples of the effect of the Jesus revelation when God moved in the late 60s and 70s upon the church and upon the people around it. It was the birth of contemporary Christian music, pretty much, with a group that my wife knew every song of, Love Song, because she had all their albums, and actually went and saw them in concert back in the 70s. It was like Jesus 77 or something like that. My wife was telling me, too, that they went to. And all of that, all of creation, think of creation. You kids know creation. You've gone to the festivals. Started from the Jesus movement back in the late 60s, early 70s. This church here is probably more than likely, my wife is nodding her head, yes, a result of the Jesus movement. Many of the charismatic churches, evangelical churches in America today are because of the Jesus movement. Around the world. No, it went around the world. And you know what is interesting that I find out with a timeline? As, as the Jesus movement was happening, at the same time, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit poured out upon the colleges of Asbury, the Asbury Revival. Fifty years ago, was actually taking place at the same time God poured His Spirit out upon the hippies and called them in. And it was called they were called Jesus freaks, you know, because they looked like freaks because they were hippies, but they were all in love with Jesus, and you know. I find it interesting that the Asbury revival is breaking out today. It's been breaking out across the nation, throughout colleges, and then spreading from college to college to college again. God is on the move. And it's a call to repentance and a call to holiness. You know, all repentance. I know teach talk to me about repentance. Repentance is a gift from God. Repentance is a turning away from what you know is wrong in your life and turning, turning toward God. It's actually a gift that God has for all of us. Amen? And repentance draws us. Who here doesn't want to be close to God? Raise your hand. I don't see any hands. Repentance is a call to get closer and closer from God. And if you think that not one of you has ever sinned, then you're liars. Because I'm, you know, if I were to say I stand up here and say I have never sinned in my life, I would be a liar and probably struck down by God, you know. I am in need of repentance just like all of us are. And I believe that this next call of God, this next move, this next outpouring of God's Holy Spirit is going to be a call of repentance, just like it was in the days when Jesus came back. Before he came back, who was his forerunner? Do you remember? Who came before Jesus and was baptizing in the Jordan? That's a big hint. John, John the Baptist. What was his message? Repent. For the kingdom of God is near. Now we all believe that we're in the end days, correct? That these days are crazy, out of control. I just heard this morning that Iran bombed or attacked an American base overseas. 
and it killed, I don't know how many men it killed, a couple men and five more injured. And that the U.S. just sent out strikes against it. So the rumors of wars and wars, they're there. The earthquakes, look at all the major earthquakes we've had in the last month. They're there. The earth is wobbling. Ephraim would know that probably. That the earth, earth is wobbling. The magnetic force is crazy. We got signs and wonders in the world. Today we have a near-earth object that's going to pass that they didn't check. An asteroid, last time I checked, was going to pass closer than the moon. Past the earth. And they called it a city killer. Because if it hit the earth, it could literally wipe out a city. And you think of a city, of New York City, that's a pretty big city where there's millions of people there. Now, I don't want to be preaching on doom and gloom all the time either. Because you know what? God loves us. God is love. And he doesn't do all this stuff to scare us. You know? He, it's, it's there because he loves us. He warns us. If it's not so, he wouldn't have warned us. And he said that in his word. I tell you these things in advance to warn you, to prepare you. I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to prepare you. Amen? It's not my job to bring in fear. That's the devil, and the devil has no fear over God's people or God's children. Amen? God is greater. Corey was saying something today about one of our friends, that he's just full of the devil or something. I can't remember. You know, full, he's just full of the devil. You know, what was that? Got too much evil in him. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's never too much evil that God can't deal with. And God doesn't even have to deal with it. He just has to send his archangel, Michael, to tell him, you know what, you go deal with that guy. You go deal with Lucifer. You know? God doesn't get off his throne. It's not worth the time of day. God created Lucifer. He can destroy him. But he's got another angel there named Michael that can handle him and deal with him. And he did, and he cast him out of heaven, along with a third of the angels that were following him. And Jesus said, be careful, I saw Satan fall. What is it? Pride goes before a haughty spirit, and a haughty spirit before a fall. So we all got to be careful about our pride. And I'm one, I got to repent every day of being prideful. Amen? Every day. Repentance is a great thing. There's, there, there's revivals breaking out across the world. My wife was showing me one in Brazil, what was happening, because there's a massive earthquake there. And people are calling out and crying out to God because they've lost everything, and not just everything, but loved ones. You know, that happened. We saw that in Turkey. There's like the death tolls over 50,000. But you know what? It's been, what, two or three weeks, and we pretty much forget about it. <laughs> 50,000 people, that's like all of Binghamton dying. In one catastrophe. Think about that. If you want a scope of how many people that is, that's like the city of Binghamton. You know, being wiped out or gone. So, amen. God is in control. And we, and I'm here to help prepare you. And I'll do my best. But I'm telling you now, we need to be prayed up. Prayed up. Prayed up, prayed up. You know, we need to have fill our house with worship. We need to be on prayer. We need to be on our knees. And I need you too. I'm guilty of it all. Not, you know, I'm not excluding myself. Preach to myself all the time. Yesterday, my wife was gone and to a, our daughter's house, Kizzy's, for their faith in group that they have there, their Bible study, and I don't know, I went through the house and all I kept saying is, I need Jesus, I need Jesus, I need Jesus, <laughs> especially when I took my grandson down to the school and it was the wrong school, I'm thinking, I need Jesus, I'm supposed to be here at 11, I'm here at 11, it's the wrong place, now where do I go, I need Jesus, 
So praise the Lord. We all need Jesus, don't we? We're all in need of a Savior, aren't we? We're all sinners full of sin who need a Savior. Not one of us are excluded from that. Amen? Do you agree? You tracking me? (laughs) But you know what? God is faithful. God will never fail you or forsake you. God will never leave you or abandon you. He promised to be with you right to the very end. That's his promise. So this morning, I was all over in the Word, reading and praying and seeking God. I started out opening up my Bibles, and there in the Jeremiah, and it all talked about don't listen to the false teachers, don't listen to false prophets. There's a special place in hell basically for them there where they're going. You know, and I'm like, oh, Lord, that's a pretty harsh message. You know, I I don't want to be a doom and gloom preacher. I, I was thinking, maybe I'll preach about love today. So I started looking through my Bible for love. And you know, God is love. But so the Bible flipped it back open and it came open to Zechariah. Then it went over to Luke 21. And I'm thinking, Lord, this is all the end time stuff. This is what I preach all the time. So I'm like, okay, Lord. So then I flipped over to Matthew and I saw this. What is the greatest commandment? Right? What's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your strength and with all your soul and all your body. All right? That's the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God. And you know what? We really got to examine ourselves and look at ourselves and say, do we really love the Lord our God with all our strength, all our might? And then the Lord said, took me to Zechariah. And I'm reading in Zechariah. And it's a, Zechariah is talking to an angel. It says here in Zechariah chapter 1, and I'm going to probably go up to chapter, into chapter 2. But I'm just going to read it word for word because you can't go wrong for reading the word. Amen. In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Idol. The Lord was very angry with our forefathers. Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me. Boy, does our nation need that or not? Do you think that we need to hear this or not? Return to me. When I was thinking about this and I thought of repentance, because repentance is a returning to God to get your life right, I'm thinking, wow, this is the Lord speaking to me now. Now I know I'm on the right path, right? Return to me. declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you. What a promise that is. Return to me, and I will return to you. You know, that's a promise. God didn't say, I might return to you. God didn't say, someday I'll return to you and show up and help you. He didn't say, Well, come next year at such and such a date, I'll return to you. No, you return to me and I will return to you. You put the Lord your God first, right? The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. You return to me. What did we do? Seek first the kingdom and all will be added. That's scripture. 
That's just not words sung in a song written by a man who wrote that song. That's scripture that they're singing. When we sing these songs, we're singing scripture. Return to me and I will return to you. Seek me and the door will be open. Amen? Amen. Do not be like your forefathers, to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices, but they would not listen. Or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Where are your forefathers now? Pretty harsh, isn't it? Where are they now? All your forefathers are buried and in the grave. Where are they now? And the, and the prophets, do they live forever? But did not my words and my decrees which I commanded, my servants, the prophets, overtake your forefathers? Then they repented and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserve, just as he determined to do. I don't know. I thank God. When I read this, I thank God that God reached out and saved me and changed my life. Because if I were not changed by God, I would be afraid of what I truly deserved. On how my life was going before I got touched by God and he changed my life forever. If I were living that same way, I would be awfully scared of my salvation because I would deserve, and it would be justly so, a punishment that I probably couldn't even think of. Hell, basically. But God loved me so much that he reached down and he changed my life. And God's no respecter of persons. He loves you just as much as he loves me. Amen? He loves you just as much as he loves me. He loves you no matter what you've ever done in your life. He loves you no matter who you are. Or no matter what anybody says, God's love will never change toward you. You know that? God's love will never change toward you. He will love you all the days of your life. And that never changes. He loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you that you could be with him forever. Now for some of us, it's time for us to stop running away from God's love and start turning toward him and run toward his love. Because that's exactly what happened to the hippies. The hippies in that day, according to their testimonies, were running and seeking the truth because the truth wasn't being told to them. So they thought that they would do these drugs, get enlightened, and that's where the truth would be. But they soon found out that drugs, alcohol, and that partying life led to destruction and death. And they found out that there was no truth into that. That that was all a deceptive lie of the devil to trap them. And that's when they started turning to Jesus, who was the truth, who is the truth. Now, he was the truth then, he is the truth today, and he'll be the truth tomorrow, and he'll continue to be the truth like, like we just read. God's word will outlive us. It will outlive the forefathers, will outlive us. You can't go wrong with God's word, because it's alive sharper than a two-edged sword, able to pierce through bone and marrow, right to the spirit, cuts right to the heart. Amen? 
I thank God. I thank God that I didn't die when I was in my sin because I would have been in hell. I'd be in hell right now. It's true. I would be in a torturous place crying for mercy every day of my life. No matter how bad I thought I might have been or how strong, there's always, let me tell you, there's always somebody stronger and badder. And I didn't want to find that out in hell. Thank God God saved me when he did. Amen? So, on the 24th day of the 11th month, the month of Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Zechariah, the son of Edu. During that night I had a vision, and there before me was a man riding a red horse. He was standing among the myrtles tree in a ravine. Behind him were red, brown, and white horses. I asked, What are these, my Lord? The angel who was asked was talking the angel who was talking with me, answered, I will show you what they are. But the Lord has sent, the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. I will show you what they are. Sorry, I missed this paragraph, sentence. The man standing among the myrtle trees explained, they are the ones the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. And they, re- and they reported to the angel of the Lord, who was standing among the myrtle trees. We have gone throughout the earth and found the whole earth at the whole world at rest and in peace. Then the angel of the Lord said, Lord Almighty, how long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem and from the town of Judea, which you have been angry with these 70 years? So the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. Then the angel who was speaking to me said, Proclaim these words. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Jerusalem and Judah and Zion. Excuse me. But I am very angry with the nations that feel secure. Earlier we read that the whole world was at peace. Right? Sometimes we can get into our own, think of our own nations and feel secure that this stuff's never going to happen to America. That we're at a place, you can't do that in America. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the way the world is going, they are testing America. The world is testing America. And things are happening throughout the world that are testing us because of the leadership that we have that we need to pray for. I'm not even going to go about there because that's a whole other sermon and I can spend all day on that. But all I'm saying is we need to pray for leadership, strong leadership in God to intervene in our nation. Amen. I was only a little angry, but they added to their calamity. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I will return to Jerusalem with mercy, and there my house will be rebuilt, and the measuring line will be stretched out over Jerusalem, declares the Lord Almighty. Proclaim further, this is what the Lord Almighty says, my towns will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion, And choose Jerusalem. See, I believe, when I'm reading this, he's not talking just about that time. He's talking about the days that we are living in. He's talking about these end days, that God is going to pour forth a blessing and prosper Jerusalem. And we see that happening in Israel today. Jerusalem has prospered. Israel has has prospered ever since their return in 1948. The nation has led the world, Israel has led the world in technology. Then I looked up and there before me were four horns. I asked the angel who says, 
who was speaking to me, what are these? He answered me, these are the horns that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. I asked, what are these coming to do? He answered, these are the horns that scattered Judah, so that no one could no one could raise his head, but the craftsmen have come to terrify them and throw them down. These horns of the nations who lifted up their horns against the land of Judah to scatter its people. So woe to the people that scattered the Israelites, basically. Woe to the four nations, which represent four horns, that scattered the Israelites across the world. These craftsmen are coming to tear them down. Then I looked up, and there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, where are you going? He answered me, I am measuring Jerusalem to find out how wide and how long it is. Then the angel who was speaking to me left, and another angel came to me, came to, I can't read it, meet Meet him and said to him, Run, tell the young men, Jerusalem will be a city without walls. And this, I believe, is prophesying about today's days that we're living in. Jerusalem will be a city without walls because of the great number of men and livestock in it. And I myself will be a wall a fire around it, declares the Lord. A wall of fire around it. When I was reading that, I was thinking, that is what God is going to do to the church in these end days. He is going to build a wall of fire around that church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it or come against it. Amen? And that's what God is going to do in the days that we're living in that we're going to see the church rise up one more time in this great revival to have the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit the world has ever seen to do the greater miracles and signs and wonders that, that the Bible tells us about. Amen? And that you won't have to be afraid because fear is not of God, that you're going to be able to walk upon the serpent's head and crush it and walk out and do those signs and wonders amongst the world and a wall of fire will surround you and protect you and keep you. This world will no longer have us down because we're not children of this world. We're children of the kingdom of God who reigns and sits forever and ever, whose crowns that we're going to cast down at his feet. Amen? Amen. That's who you are. And they weren't giving in to the world. They were there steadfast praying and seeking God. And they didn't care what time it was. Because it didn't matter. Because the kingdom in heaven is the only thing that mattered in their lives. And it was the only thing that sustained them in this world today. And that's going to be the only thing that's going to sustain us. Amen? So praise God. And we're going to take part of it. And we're going to see it. And that's amazing. He promises he will do it, and he will do it. He is a respecter of his word. He will perform every bit of his word. That's why his word is so powerful. That's why his word 
outlived the forefathers before us. And it's going to outlive us. And it's not just going to outlive us, it's alive in us, burning. Amen? It's alive. God's Word is going to be alive in you because he, He's in you. Amen? Amen. He will put a wall of fire around you, declare the Lord. And I will be the glory within. Come, come. Flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord. For I have scattered you to the four winds of heaven, declares the Lord. Come, O dying. Escape, you who live in the daughters of Babylon. Escape, you who live in the daughters of Babylon. You know they call New York City Babylon? Read about Babylon in the book of Revelation. What happened to it? I'll read a little bit farther before it's closed. I know it's getting late. Got fired up. For this is what the Lord Almighty says. After he has honored me and has set me against the nations, that they have plundered you, that have plundered you. For whoever touches you, look, at you can take this for yourself because you are part of that nation. You are part of that child of God. Whoever plunders you, who's ever stole from you, who's ever taken that was yours, who's ever blessing that devil that took that blessing that was yours, that raised that somebody else got that you should have got. Right? Whoever's plundered you, taken from you ill-godly, who's ever spoken a bad word over you, whoever touches you, touches the apple of his eye. Woe to that person or that nation, whoever touches you. You know what makes up a nation? People. People make up a nation. I will surely raise my hand against them so that their slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me. Shout and be glad, O daughters of Zion, for I am coming and I will live among you, declares the Lord. We need to be doing that. Shouting and praising God, because he's coming. He's going to live among us. What does it tell us? He said he's going to be a wall of fire around us. He's going to live among us. In Revelations chapter, I think it's 21 or 22. That God said that there's no need for light because I'm going to be your light. There's no need for the sun or the moon anymore because I am going to be the light that you're going to walk by. Amen? Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. I will live among you and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. The Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be still. Be still before the Lord. All mankind. Because he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Amen. How powerful and how blessed is that? You know, when we feel the enemy coming against us, when we have all that, we just need to declare that God is in charge. But we don't have to move. We just have to be still. Be still and know that I am God. Amen. Thank you for your word. I thank you that it's alive, sharper than a two-edged sword. 
I thank you, Lord God, that you are moving mightily in our midst, and you're going to do a great thing in and amongst our nation and amongst your people. I believe you're calling us out. I pray. I, I preached that last week. You're calling us out. Help us to hear your word and obey. Lord, we surrender all that we are, all that we have to you. And I ask you for your Holy Spirit to lead us every day. That we would, that we would stop and be still and seek you. I pray this. I pray your blessings and your anointing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let us come to church expecting great things. Let us bring friends and people expecting great things that miracle signs and wonders are happening throughout the world and they're going to happen here. I pray this and believe this in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you for each person here. I pray your blessings upon them. As they go out this week, let them be a light in the darkness. Lord, let your fire go around us. Let us picture that. Let us get a picture of that. God's fire whirling around us like a whirlwind. And we're walking in it, being changed by the glory of God. Not just in our spirits, but physical manifestation change on our faces, just like Moses shone with the glory. Lord God, I pray that for each person here today and for our kids and our grandkids, that you would round about them, whirlwind about them, protect them and keep them from the evil that's out there and let them be a beacon of hope and light and of love to a lost world that draws people to the light. I pray this, Lord, and I, I plead this. Lord, we need your help. Help us, Jesus. Help our nation. Help us. Help your people. Help this little community. Help this little church, this little body. Lord God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good. All right, it's time for the second wave of worship. Let's go, kids. <laughs> Come on. <laughs>